coming to you live from an antique shop that is closing down. I am your host, Pippin. And I'm your other host, Lee. And today we are starting season three of Marble Hornets. And Very I, special one. I am so excited. I feel like this entire time we've just been waiting to get to season three. Yes. Uh, I am very excited for everything. Right. So uh, this episode is going to cover entries 53 through 55, but before... We start that, just some general housekeeping stuff I want to get out of the way. Uh, number one, uh, you've probably noticed that this episode has gone up a little later than usual. It's probably appeared in your feed a couple days after we usually do. This should be going up on a Friday. Hopefully it goes up on a Friday. Uh, It'll be Friday somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are going to try uploading on Fridays from now on for a couple different reasons, and only one of them is that we recently adopted a stray kitten. Her name is <laughs> and, Zelda, and she's adorable. Um, but just just general life stuff and, and some schedule changes on, in, in the real world, uh, we think uploading on Friday is going to be a little bit more feasible for us. So we're going to try that out. Uh, number two... I'm mad. Oh. And I have not revealed this to you. Oh. I've been mad for a week. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I could... I'm, I'm mad about something that was on Twitter. Oh. And I try to be smart about that and not post about it on Twitter. So this is... I have a platform. I can address the people on my podcast. So I'm uh-huh. going to do that now. All of them. Earlier this week. Uh-huh fucking big three anime discussion popped up on my twitter timeline in the year of our lord 2022 okay this has nothing to do with marble hornets but i want to get this out here i want to get this out here i've been thinking about this all week and i have not talked to you at all about it and i haven't Uh been able to tell anyone and i'm I'm not gonna post this shit on twitter Uh uh-huh that's fair but it came across my timeline Apparently, there are people who watch anime that are like, y'all, if you don't consider X anime part of the big three, y'all are old and you won't change with the times. And it's normally something like Attack on Titan or Jujutsu Kaisen or uh, Black Clover. Isn't the entire definition of a big three that there can only be three of them? Well, see, people are constantly... I didn't know this. People are constantly really relitigating what the big three are. That's not how that works. So I just want to clear this up now. And before before I start on this, this won't, this won't take long. This is going to take a little bit of time uh-huh. here. This is not going to take long. This is not me being like, Oh, kids these days don't know shit. Anime was so much better when I was a kid. Because one, I don't really watch anime. I like Haikyuu and... and that's like the only current thing that I really care about. Compared to me, you watch a lot of anime, but please go on. <laughs> I basically only watch Haikyuu. That's a lot of anime. Continue. Um, 
yeah, this is this is not me dunking on the Zoomers. Uh, this is not also not me dunking on modern day anime. But the big three is the big three, and it's immutable, and it has nothing to do with which anime is best or even which anime is popular. It's about a specific moment in time. So the big three, for those who, uh, those of you who don't know, the big three manga slash anime series are One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach. Yeah. Right? These were three extremely popular shows in the early 2000s. Early to mid 2000s. I've seen none of them, but go on. The reason that these are the big three was because if you watched anime at the time, you watched one of these three shows. Yeah, like these were the anime. I didn't even know what the fuck anime was at the time, and I knew of these things. Um, and that's not to say that there, there wasn't good anime back then, uh, but like odds are, if you watched anime, either you watched one of these three shows, or you were like considered more of a niche anime person. If you watched basically anything other than these three shows in the early 2000s, it was like generally like less acceptable so the thing with like anime nowadays is that the industry is like so fractured there's always good shit there's always terrible shit as well um but usually like <laughs> every anime season you can count on like a couple good seasonal shows to watch like back then there was no guarantee of that anime was not this industry that we have today like and 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 also anime production was way different so like Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece were not seasonal shows. They were ongoing. There was just a new episode of Naruto every week until the end of time. <laughs> there was not, like, a break for you. Like, man, I remember watching Attack on Titan in 2013. And that yeah. show's still going on. And there's only, like, four seasons? I don't know. I don't keep up with Attack on Titan. People are going to yell at me for talking about Attack on Titan when I don't watch Attack on Titan. I don't think anyone's gonna yell at you because I don't think we have enough people. Well, we've got we've got enough repeat listeners that I think some of them might might be in. Hey, repeat listeners, I love you. Send me your anime opinions. I actually don't. I don't actually care about anime. I'm just confused by this entire like thing because it's so strange to me the idea that these like. The big three is referring to something specific, to three specific things. Right. So it's so weird to me that there could be such a thing as, like, like not even, like, the new big three or anything right. like that. Well, well, people do talk about that. It's like, what's the new big three? And, like, the, the three that I often see in the running for the new big three are Black Clover, which I'm assuming you have never heard of. I've heard of it. Oh, you've I, heard of Black I've Clover. I've never watched it. Uh, Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. And then either Demon Slayer... Or um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Ah. Uh, there was a time where, like, maybe My Hero Academia was starting. But, like, the fact that there's even debate at all should tell you, like, <laughs> why this is not the big three. In 2005, there was no question what the big three was. And also, like, the big three is, like, a made-up concept. Like, it, like, it did not exist in Japan. Like, for a long time, One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto were the three most popular manga in Shonen Jump, but the big three doesn't even refer to, like, the three most popular manga, because once Bleach fell off in the standings, it was still part of the big three, and it was a concept that, like, purely existed in 
I don't want to say the West because I have problems with just the term the West, but outside of Japan, like in Japan, <laughs> those shows are not referred to as the big three. It's something we made up just to refer to these three specific shows. Just want to get that off my chest. Well, and also I... like, go on. People are like, oh, that was the big three. Here are the new big three. Ignoring like other shows that like dominated anime like in the late 2000s like i never see full metal alchemist talked about in these ways i never see uh soul eater or fairy tale talked mm. about like this and those were huge in the late 2000s yeah. um anyways it's all made up and there's just the big three is not whatever you want to be in the standings it refers to a very specific moment in time for a very specific part of the anime culture for three specific shows just in case there's any i i know everyone listening to this podcast was waiting for me to weigh in on this <laughs> well how about this how about to bring it back to marvel hornets jay and Alex and Tim and Brian were all in college in, what, 2006? <laughs> what I'm saying is, what, what anime did these people watch? Okay, uh, Tim watched One Piece. Oh. Alex watched Bleach. Mm -hmm. Jay watched Naruto. Brian watched Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, you know what? And before I think I'll that, that. And before that, he watched Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely that. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um... But yeah, so that's part two of my housekeeping. Cool. <laughs> we have a part three. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that is, uh, we have an email. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if we were doing this first or last. Yeah, I, I want to take care of this. Like, normally we would answer emails at the end of the episode, but I wanted to talk about this now because this sort of pertains to stuff from season two, mostly. We have an email from Jen, and I just want to thank you, Jen. You said some very, very nice things It's a in this big, email. juicy email. Unfortunately, we cannot read this whole thing on air. It is just way too long, but... It's uh, my favorite thing, so yeah, thank you. Yeah, no... We, we, we very much appreciate it. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of love in this email. Um, one, there's one main thing I want to address, so I'm just going to read this uh, from sort of the end of the email. The last sort of question I have is, where the fuck did Alex get that gun? Don't get me wrong, I also like the whole thing of the creators upping the stakes in the story by just going, okay, this guy has a gun now. It's really funny and effective. But like with many things in this series, like, where do these guys get their money? Or why don't they ever call the police? It requires some hand-waving and don't worry about it ing and out-of-universe justifications. I just think it's fun to think about Alex Crayley somehow acquiring a gun. Like, does he have a license for that thing? Did he pass all the tests or whatever? I'm not American. I don't know how gun ownership works. Oh. Do you have to renew it regularly like a driver's license? If yes, that's a funny thing to think about season two and season three Alex doing. If he does not legally own that firearm, then uh, where did he get it exactly? Does Alex have some shady black market contacts or question mark? Also, when did he get the gun? Um, and there's a little bit more here. So I wanted to bring this up and I probably would not bring this up un except that Jen specifically states in this email that they are not American. I, I read this email and I just like, I got to this paragraph and I just, oh. So, Jen, I, I'm assuming you know that like gun politics in the United States is like very fucked up 
and you know I feel like that is a thing that is known like around the world that Americans have a very odd and bad relationship to firearms <laughs> um, but constantly I see people outside of the United States like not know the extent of this like the fact that you're asking if he has a license for the gun or if he passed tests I will go ahead and tell you now Jen that as a citizen of the United States, and specifically a resident of Texas, I could go out tomorrow, if I were so inclined, and just buy a gun. From, like, and you could buy a gun at Walmart. At Walmart. I don't have to go to a specialized gun store. Um, I do not have to have passed a class. I do not have to have a specific kind of license. I can just buy a gun. Now, many places, like, do background checks and stuff like that, um, but <laughs> it, depending on which state you live in, it may not be enforced by the government. Hi, everyone. Pippin here in the edit just to add a couple points of clarification and some additional information. For most places in the United States that sell firearms, they will require the purchaser to have a government-issued identification, which for most people is not much of a restriction because most people in the United States have a valid driver's license. The second thing is that while you do not need a license to purchase a gun in most of the United States, you do need a license to carry a gun. Most states offer programs for uh, either an open carry permit or a concealed carry permit. Um, if you do not have those permits, then it is illegal to carry a gun in public. That being said, Alex here probably is not worried about the legality of his method of carrying around a firearm in the woods. Uh, I mean, you can also just buy guns from, like, yard sales or pawn shops. That is or... another thing. You don't have to buy guns firsthand. Many of my family members own firearms, and I could just buy one from them. And, like, in terms of, like, illegality, like, if, if for whatever reason I was put on a list that prohibited me from purchasing a firearm at, like, a, a, legitimate, a legitimate retailer, I could just ask a friend or family member of mine to buy a gun and then pay them for it. <laughs> I also uh, don't want this to come off as, like, condescending no, or anything. The reason this, that this we're is, so, this... like, that we're, we have such strong feelings about this is because, like, the fact that you ask that is, like, so optimistic. And, like, <laughs> I feel so bad about, like, having to be like, yeah, no. It's also so telling for us that when Alex shows up in the series with a gun, it didn't occur to either of us, like, where he could have gotten it from. Oh, yeah. like we, Because... I mean, he could just go out and and buy it. Uh, like, know. I would fully believe, especially like if the series does in fact take place in Alabama, I could fully believe that Alex just had a gun mm -hmm. for like the past like decade. I mean, people just have guns, and it's yeah, fine. And it's considered normal. I'll, I'll go ahead and say here that if you're a resident of the United States and you own a firearm, or it, you are like considering getting a firearm i don't think that like you're a bad person or anything <laughs> I, I maybe like disagree with the politics around like firearm possession and ownership because uh the united states has a, a heavy toll 
to human life regarding that sort of thing and, and the ease of which uh, people can, can acquire guns. But I am... <laughs> I'm not saying that, like, people who have guns are bad people. Like... <laughs> Basically, every single one of my family members owns <laughs> firearms. But, like, again, that's just a, kind of a normal thing in the United States. Um, especially if you live in the South. I, I'm sure people who live, in like, in the Northeast or on the West Coast may think that's a little strange. I had a friend who was from Maryland, and when I told her that, yeah, on, you know some long weekends or holidays I would go up to my cousin's house uh, in in semi-rural Tennessee and we would spend the day shooting guns in their backyard. They lived on a bit of land and we would set up targets and just shoot off guns. Mm -hmm. Like, I've known how to fire a gun since I was in middle school. Yeah. It's just kind of part of the culture of the South and not to say whether that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, I think it's a bad thing, but more than that, it's just kind of a fact of, you know, the culture here. Also that's just a, kind of normal. Also a hunting thing. Like, oh, yeah. Also general. a hunting but thing. But yes. Lots of hunting in the South. But, yeah. Um, Jen also says here in, uh, in the email that they think it would be cool if we did other episodes, uh that aren't necessarily like rewatches, but more like general episodes talking about like a topic or theme. Uh, and I will go ahead and say that I, I haven't talked about this with you mm-hmm. yet, but we, we're probably going to do a couple bonus episodes throughout the run of season three, because season three is significantly longer than one and two put together combined. <laughs> um, so I imagine we'll probably do at least one, probably two bonus episodes just in the middle of season three's run. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let us know what you would like those to be. I figured like an earlier one doing like a like a spoiler episode would be good. But if you want, you know, us talking about a particular aspect of the series just for an entire episode, yeah, please write in and, and tell us what you would uh, like us to talk about. Ask me about my J opinions. <laughs> I already know that in in our regular episodes here, I, I even have them written down. There are certain topics I want to talk about. Oh, I have Guns in the South already written. <laughs> um, but season three, um, like, adds, I think, a, like, a class element to Marble Hornets. And we'll talk about that a little bit, mm. like, with Tim. Uh, there's a lot I want to talk about regarding class. Um and I, <laughs> and we'll, we'll have plenty of, of entries to discuss that with. And I also, like, we're going to have, like, a big queer episode. Like, oh, we're probably going to... big queer episode. We're probably going to have, you know, one episode where we're talking with a set of entries where, like, maybe not a whole lot happens. So we'll just talk about, you know... <laughs> I can think <laughs> where, of... A, where gayness and Marble Hornets intersect. I can think of a great place to put it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I think with that, we could start talking about the entries. Oh, okay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Our first one on the docket is entry 53, posted March 10th, 2012. Um, so this has been a couple of months, five months, mm-hmm. since the previous entry. So, I don't, I don't know if you want... 
I'll, I'll, I'll mention stuff when we get to the antique shop. Okay. Um, yeah, we just open on some driving footage like we do for every season, except this time, like, we get, we get the sound of the driving footage, but it fades up on Jay instead of out the windshield. Yeah, this has always kind of bothered me. I wish that there was out the windshield driving footage. So that bothered me when I saw the entry today, but then, especially when we got to the, to the arcs for Mm -hmm. this set of entries, I'm like... Season three is doing a lot of work to distinguish itself from yeah. the previous entries right off the bat, and I think this is part of it. Where oh, yeah. we start, you know, I don't... driving in a car, but we're not looking at the windshield. I don't not like it. It mostly just bothers me because of, like, I don't know, consistency. Like, um, um, no, not consistency. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess it is consistency. Mm-hmm. But... Not not in a bad way. I just I just like everything. All of the other seasons start and end, and there's driving footage out of the windshield, but mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I thought this would bother me a lot more than it than it actually did. I I, I ended up like actually really liking it. Oh no, I like but, it a lot. Um, I wish that we had some looking out the windshield, <laughs> just any at all. But it's okay. Yeah. I'll I'll forgive it. Uh, Jay has apparently been hanging around this area that he saw Tim at. We'll call it Rosswood Town. For, he says a few months, for five months. (laughs) And notes that it's a strange coincidence that he met Alex and Tim here. Both of them. When this is nowhere near where Marble Hornets was filmed. What a coincidence. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. (laughs) Um, He goes to the building that he saw Tim walk out of, which is an antique shop mm. that is closing down, and he walks in and asks the lady if she has seen Tim. Well, first of all, he has to wait several weeks before it actually opens, so that's, I guess, the explanation. Well, No, that... I think that's later. We, we see him. No, oh, wait, no, no, no. no. Okay, no, yeah, he waits several weeks, and then there's, like, a montage of him waiting that I'll talk about later. Yes, con- yes. continue. So that's part of why it has taken so long. Um, and I'll also mention that, unlike the gap between season one and two, there was still some activity going on in between seasons two and three. There was kind of just some tweeting from Jay from time to time, like, updates on what he was up to. Things that weren't really important enough to, like, upload a video for, but, like... He did some some poking around uh, with that antique shop and like uh, snuck in at one point, like hid from like a delivery person. It was a whole thing. None of it was really like important in any way. Just kind of kind of a neat little detail. <laughs> and I love that that's just basically kind of summed up in just this like two or three little shots in this entry. Is just like all this stuff that happened on the Twitter that, again, you don't need to know, you don't need to have knowledge of, but just that there's this place. Yeah. Place that Tim apparently comes into from time to time. Yep. Uh, Jay asks the lady at the counter about Tim, and God bless this lady, because I believe she is somebody who actually just worked there that yep. they asked to, to read a couple lines. At one point, she looks directly at the camera, like, into the camera, and then quickly looks away, uh, which... I like a lot, because... No, yeah, I, I, I was about to say. 
Yeah, but. like it's like it's like at kind of the end of of this little clip, uh-huh. like Jay like goes to pick up his camera and she like glances down at it, like uh, camera. Oh, it's even before that. Oh, I, I'm thinking of a time and it, it's it, it's actually like in the like kind of near the beginning from oh. where she starts talking. She she starts saying you know, a couple sentences, then looks down at the camera, then quickly, like, glances away and continues talking. And it's like, in real life, the lady catches herself looking at the camera and thinking, oh, I don't need to be doing that because this is, like, for a movie or something. Uh-huh. But in the fiction of this, it is... It, it works so well. Oh, as, yeah. like, this strange boy walked into her little shop and she is trying to be polite by not, like looking at the camera but can't help herself well like the thing is that like he's got the camera like on a counter right so so the visual of this is that like the visual of this like that i that exists in my head and how i think that it kind of goes is that it it at first glance it almost seems like he's like walked in here to try and sell this camera to this antique shop oh. like it's a pawn shop or something like he just kind of sets it down he just has it with him and he just happens to set it down on the cam- on the counter and just happens to you know and ask she's, like regarding it for yeah. a brief second well not even that but just like she i don't even think that she registers that it's really like there beyond mm-hmm. that it's there like it's it's just like ah camera like no further thought than that it's just like acknowledgement not even acknowledgement just like background information right. gathering like it's just very good i like it a lot this uh this this lady tells jay that tim sometimes comes into the store after going after uh like finishing a doctor's appointment from an office down the street and jay walks down the street and the only thing that he sees is a mental health clinic with a big old american flag right outside it so this is the mental health season we're gonna we we dive straight into that oh yeah in in these set of entries i i don't have much to talk about it for for like these entries but like this is I, I want to note it here is that in the very first entry of in the very first entry of season three, just like mental health is is painted in in big bold letters as something we should keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay decides to wait here for five months or maybe closer to four months. I think. I could probably get an actual timeline if I looked at the Twitter. I think it's more like maybe a week and a half, but yeah. Listen. Uh, it, okay, even in fiction, if if it is only a couple of weeks, the information conveyed by this entry is not a couple weeks because it does like a really cool... Uh, well, uh, he, says, uh, he says in the text that he's been coming back every day for the past week. But yes, go on. But it says that after this thing that I'm... I'm mentioning now. Oh. Right? So he he goes to the doctor's office and decides to wait there until he sees Tim. And then we get these great shots of Jay looking forward into the street across mm-hmm. from the doctor's office. And we get three cuts mm-hmm. to, to... So we see four very different time periods. You because say very different, but yes, go on. I say very different because... The, because Jay's wearing a jacket. Well, 
one because the atmosphere and like lighting changes that like they made sure to film this on days where like it looks different it's very bright out the first time and then it gets like progressively darker and like grayer i mean um and like jay is wearing more and more layers like they're like he's <laughs> in one he's wearing a sweater and then in the last one he's wearing his trademark jacket i mean these could be different days i will say the high today was 75 and the high tomorrow is 53 no i know <laughs> but like i'm saying that the language yeah. of film oh no i'm that not is being deployed here is is demonstrating a time scale of of multiple months. Yes, I am So, not... like, even in canon, like, on the Twitter or any outside information, mm-hmm. if we know exactly what the time period is, what the entry tells yeah. me is that this takes place over several months. It's a and, while. And I, and I appreciate that. I, I am it's not, really good filmmaking. I am not trying to argue with yeah. you or disagree with you. I, I actually think that that's really, like, fascinating because I feel like I don't know how, like, they win or, like, how many days they like did this on i hmm let me bring my extensive knowledge of marble hornets locations into this hold on i think if i'm remembering correctly from like commentary or maybe yeah i'm pretty sure that they at least one of them lived like pretty much across the street from this place at the time so i guess it would be very easy for them to come out on like different days Mm in like overcast days versus like sunny days and come and do this so yeah that's neat i like that but it's it's only after that that we get the the card that says Mm -hmm. uh, like i waited every day for the past week or whatever it says um and then (laughs) we've got uh a clip of of jay just waiting in the same spot and tim barrels into frame popping (laughs) up a storm like the first thing as soon as he appears in frame he's like (laughs) this is our first impression of tim in season three of marble hornet i can't watch this entry this entry so good it provides me with such secondhand like anxiety it's mortifying it's awful it's so much. Uh, Jay catches Tim outside of this clinic, and Tim does not appear to remember any of the interactions they've had outside of the interview with Tim. Jay has absolutely no chill. He, like, yeah. jumps up and grabs his camera and is like, hey, 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 Tim! Because, I mean, he's been sitting here for however long. And doesn't have time to, you know, I don't know, try uh, to come up with something. It's just awful. Um, I can't remember what all he says in this first part before Tim goes into the You're office. Tim right, right? Um, but, uh, does he, does he, what does he say in this first part before he goes into the office? Um, like, he, he asks Tim if he remembers him at all, and Tim says uh, no. And then <laughs> Jay is like, well, you Oh, remember... we both worked on Alex Crayley's thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then Tim asks, well, that was a while ago. What are you doing here? And then Jay, like, pauses for a beat and is like, well, I'm glad I ran into you because <laughs> it's just so... Oh. Imagine running into you here. So he's not... He's, yeah, he's not able to say much because Jay is late... For his doctor's appointment. Tim. Yeah, Tim. Sorry. I'm... Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, Tim is late for his doctor's appointment. So he goes inside and 
it, it's clear that he's like trying to give Jay the slip a little bit, but also like he he, he does seem like he's late, <laughs> very clearly late for his appointment. Um, Jay waits outside. For Tim to come back out and immediately says to him after he comes out, Well, it's not like I was out here waiting for you the yeah. whole time or anything. Like, Tim, after Tim asked him, was like, Oh, I didn't know that you'd be if you'd be, if you were waiting for me, I would have tried to pick up the pace a little bit. It's just so good. Jay tries to play it off. Um, let's see. And then Jay yeah, asks, So, Jay, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, Jay is. Like, trying to pull on the thread here that Tim is going to a mental health clinic and is, like, trying to pry at that. Be like, is anything going on? Are you okay? Like, is everything okay with you? She's just, like... And all Tim says is that he's dealing with some personal issues from a few months ago. Mm -hmm. A few months ago, Tim's leg was shattered. Yes. Um, Tim does not seem to remember a lot of stuff that he did in season two, or at least act like... We don't know what's going yeah. on with Tim. Tim is a bit of an enigma here. Yeah, that's why... Like, it's hard to talk about with, like, because we very... We know information from, like, yeah. just a couple entries ahead of now, but, like... Right now, when it's unclear, it's kind of hard to talk about. But something is going on with Tim's memory. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he does not remember, you know, I would say basically the events of season two of Marble Orients. We don't really have much to make this assumption on yet. But yeah. the fact that memory issues are a thing at all would uh -huh. probably suggest, like, point to this being an issue with mm -hmm. Tim as well. But the way that Jay just, like, barrels in and asks this, like, basically complete stranger, like, oh, you're at a mental health clinic, you doing okay? It's just, mm hmm. hmm. Oh, um, Jay. Does Tim get a phone call here, or am I thinking of something yes. else? Okay, so Tim gets a phone call... Uh, it's from his work. Yes. So, right off the bat, again, Marble Hornets is stating in the very first entry of season three that mm -hmm. Tim works and is, and, and is, like, talking with people. He has, like, if not, like, a social life with, like, a bunch of friends and shit, then at least, like, some relationship with somebody at work where, like, they're calling asking him if he's gonna be in whenever, and he confirms that. Yeah, like he's... Uh, which is so bizarre to... Like, a very normal interaction. But it needs to be shown in Marble Hornets because it's so bizarre that a character embroiled in all of this has, has what... Like, anything close to what we might consider a normal life. Yeah. Like, the fact that Tim has anything going on outside of, like this outside of what we what we're seeing with marble hornets is like so absurd because jay clearly doesn't right it's like this so is this is all jay has mm -hmm. tim meanwhile in season two is like stomping through the woods at night fighting somebody with a gun getting his legs smashed and still has like a job 
he's he mentions school. He says work school. Oh, does he say school? school? Yeah, I'm, totally I'm very curious that. about that because I did I hadn't really thought noticed that or thought about that before. Totally missed that. I don't know if man this is hmm. There's some more coughing here, and I just want to say there's like a I feel like there's a bit of a missed opportunity in Marble Hornets because we we know to recognize coughing as like something to take note of and. Like, maybe a mark of the operator's influence mm-hmm. on somebody. Um, Tim's cough in this entry could totally just be a smoker's cough, and mm-hmm. I wish they had played it like that in the earlier entries. No. Oh. Because, like, once the coughing gets introduced, like, Tim and Jay are both coughing. Yeah. <laughs> like, very early on. And I wish it was, like, kind of just Tim as, like, a trait of him being a smoker, but then becomes more obvious as time goes on that it's it's that it's something else. I think that probably totally could have been a thing, even accidentally, if one, the interview with Tim was not indoors, and two, we saw any more of Tim like in like present day stuff besides right. or even or even old stuff that wasn't just like him you know him running around with a mask yeah on. exactly yeah doesn't seem unless he's got a cigarette in there just lit all this time <laughs> i mean those outtakes exist that's true <laughs> i was just thinking about that um jay uh, uh tim asks well uh uh it tells jay that uh hold up let me back up jay tells tim that he is working on putting together alec Crayley's marble hornets again which is what that interview was about uh-huh. all those years ago. Um, and Tim just asks Jay that uh, if he has his, his phone number. He's like, you've got my phone number, right? And Jay's like, no, I, I actually need your phone number. Tim does not give his phone number. Tim takes... Jay's phone number and puts it in his phone so he can call Jay later. I think if I if if I am understanding what is happening correctly, I think what he does is he just like calls Jay's phone right there so that he oh, right has there? the call and Jay has the call and so they have each other's numbers. Oh. I think that is how I have gotten people's numbers in the past like whenever I've needed to exchange information with people. Well, yeah, I I'm not sure he like cuz he asks Jay if he's got it and Jay says, "Yeah." At the end of that. I was just going to say, like, like Tim Tim is, like, taking control of the situation here by not giving his number and instead taking Jay's number. And, um, you know, so the impetus is on him to call Jay if, <laughs> like, they ever yeah. want to interact again. But if he calls him right there, that that's all kind of moot. Yeah. But... Uh, it, it does, like, it kind of... Um feels like Jay definitely kind of learning from his his past and his mistakes. He makes yeah. sure to get Tim's number as opposed to just giving like his number and not mm-hmm. getting one. Also more more credence to your uh, to to Marble Hornets Alabama-ness is that the first digit of Tim's phone number is clearly two and two oh five is an Alabama area code. Okay. That has nothing to do with anything, but you're welcome. Um, I will point out anytime there is Alabama things. We get a we get a brief narration card here uh, after this interaction where Jay just 
points out that Tim doesn't seem to remember much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then it cuts a back jay has apparently just been hanging out in town this entire day it's a neat town and is uh like at the elevated wooden train tracks when he gets a call from tim like he actually calls unbelievable uh they talk like they're old acquaintances like they they slip into this cadence like really quickly uh like jay says what's up and then tim says oh same old stuff i see you take that as them, like, slipping... I take that as just, like, the awkward, weird small talk you make when you're, like, calling someone that you met at work once and you, you know, right. gotta talk to them about whatever. Like, that's... Right. It's, it's, it's them, like, trying to, like, figure out what their relationship with each other yeah. is. But, like, that first tact they go with is, like, with, like, the old familiar, <laughs> familiarity. Casual. It's like, oh, same old stuff. Like, you know me. Mm-hmm. Even though Jay really has yeah. no idea who Tim is. Um, and here we get Tim saying, Hey, since you brought it up, I just remembered that I have a bunch of old tapes that Alex gave me that are behind-the-scenes footage from when we shot Marble Hornets. Yeah. He does well. He doesn't. He doesn't say they're behind the scenes, but we get that information. No, he says they're behind the scenes. Does he? Oh, okay. I missed that. Um, And Jay is like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll take them if you can find them. Let me know." Yeah. uh, (laughs) Tim thinks that he has them. He doesn't know where they are, but he'll look for them if if he thinks that you know Jay can use them. Hang up. And Uh, we get the line. And then we get what our podcast was named after, where Jay sighs a great sigh says great under his breath more More tapes oh jay he's been through so much (laughs) the entry ends we get some ending narration um where he just says at the end of it that he is hoping that this will bring him some answers jay is still just looking for the vague idea of answers he I just... thought that he came into the season with a plan, but every time Jay says shit like looking for answers, uh-huh. I am a hundred percent done with him. Oh, <laughs> like that's not productive. Well, no, that, that doesn't accomplish Jay anything. Jay has never and, been, and also answers to what? Jay has never been productive. <laughs> answers to what? Though I, I will say. I think it comes through a lot clearer in season three in, in these entries that the creators and and the writers of season three of Marble Hornets know what kind of a person Jay is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, it is so much more apparent in these. And we'll, we'll get into it in, like, the, the two other entries. But I, like... I, I, I also kind of feel like that can sort of be sort of, not explained, but kind of... If you want to look for an in-universe explanation, um, we've got Jay in season two. Most of Jay in season two is Jay watching himself on past tapes and deciding what to upload. Um, So, like, him kind of, I don't know, not framing things in such a way that, like, he seems more... Like he has his shit together than he actually does. But that would kind of be something that would make sense. As opposed to just Jay has a camera, 
today and films his conversation with Tim and uploads it to the internet with minimal, like... Yeah. He doesn't have hindsight w- with any of this, like... I guess so. Th- I want to talk more about this in the next yeah. century. I don't know if that actually, like, means anything, makes sense, mm-hmm. but it's kind of fun to think about. Um, but I think from here we can move on to our first... This is going to be a long episode. ...to the arc of the season... This is Reminder, ah, yes. March 15th, 2012. I like this one. Yeah, this is a, a good one. The description is, I know you, with no spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about this? Yes. So I have a hard time talking about to the arts. So we get some, some tree footage, which is pretty standard at this point. And we get the words, do you remember me on the screen? Which I think is great because mm-hmm. we just had Jay asking that in the last uh, video, in the last entry. And also we just dealt with the season that is entirely about memory loss. So mm-hmm. like starting season three with, do you remember? It's important yeah. that you remember. I also very much like that the very first entry of season three to the arc is back. Like, in season yep. two, it took a little while. It wasn't until we got yeah. to the, like, missing seven months stuff that to the arc was to like, To the okay. arc is back in full fucking mm-hmm. force, and I'll talk that, about that more in the next to the arc, but I love this one, and I especially love the next one. Yeah, that's good. We see a distorted face that is kind of hard to figure out what it is. We see a shot of Jay looking yeah. at the antique store, and we didn't mention it in the last entry, but if you look... In the reflection of the antique store window when Jay points his camera at it. Can you for real? There is a figure standing in the background. That figure was Joseph when they were filming. It wasn't meant to be to the arc, but people noticed that there was someone standing in the background in like a jacket. And so so that's why this to the arc exists. I think that's really fun. They just kind of rolled with it. (laughs) <laughs> that's stupid. No, it's I not. Hate that. No, it's not. I, I like. I think that they probably. I think that this probably would have been pretty much the same regardless. Mm-hmm. But it's neat that it works. Like kind of mm-hmm. a, a nice little throw it in. The important thing is, is to the arc is still around and active. Now listen, how do you hate that? But like Bob from like Twin Peaks. With, in the in the like mirror, you know what I'm talking about. Because that's David Lynch's thing, and also like <laughs> Joseph and To the Ark are different people. No, I know, <laughs> I know that. But I mean, if anyone was playing, if if that was meant to be hoodie, and never mind, it's fine. Don't worry about These it. These feel like completely different things to me, because the, the Bob thing. I don't want to talk too much about, like, the production history of Twin Peaks, but (laughs) the ultimate villain of the series was made up, like, after they shot the pilot and noticed that there was, like, an error where one of the crew members could be seen in the reflection of a mirror, and David Lynch was just like, that's the guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, made that part of the series. This is a very different thing. think it is at all uh well both alex and to the arc are characters that have already been established no i know but i mean like you can't tell who this person is in the reflection Uh, it's not like it's a clearly different person when uh when i was watching this to the arc it wasn't even clear to me that we were seeing footage from the entry that jay uploaded Mm -hmm. like i mean we don't necessarily have to be 
It's just like it was just like while Jay was like scoping this place out for however many weeks and months that he was uh-huh. there. Also, what we the main information we take from this to the arc is that to the arc was also watching Jay. Yes, and I like I brought all that up because that's the real life like ex- not explanation, but like that's a real life thing that happened is that people noticed someone in the yeah. background and were like, "Hey, is that hoodie?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure." And I don't necessarily think that that was on the same day either. Like that could have been any time. Yeah. I think that the idea that we're going with is just there was a question of whether there was someone watching Jay in that entry. Or, like, watching Jay while he was doing all of this. And this, to the arc, answers that. Like, yeah. doesn't have to be the same. I don't think there was somebody watching Jay in that entry. No, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the same yeah. thing. The second line of this 30-second long to the arc <laughs> video is, I have not forgotten. Yep. And that's it. That's pretty much it. There's some audio stuff going on. Sounds like someone walking through a park. Yep. Probably. Do you remember me? I have not forgotten. Mm-hmm. Pretty cryptic. Um, who do you think this is directed at? Because to the it's arc, hard to say. and we're going to get into this in the next one, to the arc recently has been making videos that seem to be directed at different people. Yeah. I, I, I guess this one is directed at Jay, the do you remember me? Uh, when Jay is the one who's been experiencing the most memory loss, but also like this could be Tim. This could be Alex. Yep. Like, remember me? I chase <laughs> you down in the woods. This could be us. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, remember me? I'm back. Yep. yep. But I think we can move on. Entry 54. Oh, this is a good one. Posted March 25th, 2012. This one's... There's a lot of uh, <laughs> information in this one. The, the, the thing is, is, just to start off, Jay gets a call from Tim. He's got the tapes. He's going to meet him after work. Jay goes, meets Tim to pick up the tapes, uh, which are just like in a, in a plastic grocery bag, which yes. is great, which is how the tapes should be stored and carried from now on. Just I mean, to, good yeah. news. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see that <laughs> should again. only be in plastic grocery bags. Um, as this transaction is happening, Tim says, so what's the deal with all this stuff? And pointing the camera at everyone's face. Um, and Jay, when he like the yeah. when he starts talking, he has this like, oh well, like that's just so good. Like he's just uh, he doesn't even know how to pretend to be a normal person speaking. He's just like, oh well, I'm just trying to document this process of getting all of this stuff together uh-huh. to finish Alex's film. Yeah, I. I... <laughs> I, I love this little intro bit with Tim here mm-hmm. because uh, it like <laughs> it, it's easy to get lost in the weeds watching Marble Hornets, but we must always keep in mind that Jay is compulsively carrying a camera around with him out in public. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very funny. And I feel like he forgets that he does this oh, sometimes yeah. like, and that it's weird, but Tim's like, oh, you wait. Like, Tim at this point is thinking, you waited outside my doctor's office with a video camera, and now you're meeting me to get these tapes with a video camera. What's the deal with that? And pointing it, like, uh, it's. I feel like Tim, because he says pointing the camera at everyone's face, so I feel like Tim has maybe noticed Jay, like, just doing this, not necessarily at him. The, uh, 
it also feels like very direct in a way it has before Mm -hmm. because like Jessica you know is asking what Jay is doing with the camera and I feel like that's a way for like the creators to like just point out, hey, it's weird that Jay walks around in a camera, and we need to, we need to have people in the world acknowledge that because if we didn't, it wouldn't be a real realistic. Right. Here, this feels a lot more direct. We're just like we take for granted that Jay walks around in the camera, and now the creators are like, but why does Jay need the <laughs> camera? And they're using Tim to like get at that point. It's like, why why does Jay feel the need mm-hmm. to? like, walk around everywhere with this camera. And in season one, that answer was because whatever's not taped, you don't know if you're going to remember it or not. Right. And by the time we get to season three, where it's become a compulsive behavior and not, like, a decision that people are making, um, we need to know, like, where that compulsion comes from. And it, it's different than it is in season one. And I think I think Tim... And this entry is like trying to get at that. Why are you carrying this camera around? I also just think it's really fun that Tim, who has been mostly up to this point, uh, the guy in the mask running around and tackling people, is kind of like almost like the everyman in these first uh-huh. couple of entries. He's just like the normal guy. And Jay is the weird one. And I think that's a really fun like swap, I guess. I also really like how Tim like... like cuts he doesn't cut off every line that jay says but like while jay is talking he's just kind of like nodding and like trying to get a move on like he's standing up Mm -hmm. and he's walking away while they're still talking like tim here wants to end this conversation quickly because he's clearly made uncomfortable by this whole situation Mm -hmm. um you know he he's too friendly to turn down jay's offer to like help him finish marble hornets but like he does. He doesn't know this guy. He doesn't really want yeah. to interact with him. He's got like a whole life on, like going on, and so he's like trying to end conversations and lines quickly. But he can't help but ask the questions. He's still curious about things. Yeah, and still, um, you know, like Tim. Tim himself wants to know some answers. These are not like big questions that he has. Like like Jay has. Like what the fuck is going on? It's more like. Why does this guy want to mm-hmm. complete this project? Why is he holding a camera? And he can't help himself but ask these questions. Uh, it also know. kind of feels to me like he's he's giving Jay these tapes kind of like to satisfy yeah, him, so, to get rid of him. Like, yeah, because Tim says here is like, yeah, Alex like let me a camera to like. Uh, you know, get me off his back, I guess. And while Tim is, like, handing tapes to Jay and doing the same thing, like, trying to placate Jay, is uh-huh. like, here, if you take these, will you leave me alone? <laughs> so, yeah, like, in our, in our season one discussions, I, I'm, like, you talked a lot about, uh, you know, I, like, how you imagine Jay and, like, reading Jay as a character, which was, like, something I was not, like, used to and comfortable doing. Uh, especially in season one. And I, I have mentioned... no memory of that, but go on. Yeah. Uh, this was during Interview with Tim. Oh, okay. We had like a big long conversation of... of um, I vaguely like, remember Like this. reading Jay's intentions from like mm-hmm. how he acts and, and what he chooses to post. And I talked about the how I, I have a hard time thinking about the Marble Hornets characters that way. 
that has changed as we've gone through this podcast, but I did mention in that entry that there's really only one character uh-huh. that I truly care about in that way, uh-huh. and we finally met him, and it's season three, Tim, and I'm so fucking happy. It's our boy. Oh, I've been waiting for Tim for so long, he and now here. we have him. Ugh. Jay takes the tapes, and plays the first one that he's got. The tapes are are from the production of Marble Hornets. Unsurprisingly, they're all unnumbered <laughs> and without dates. Completely unlabeled. I just love the, like, exasperation in that single text card. <laughs> I know, it's like, Jay's able to convey so much derision and contempt with that, with a line of text. It's so good. Um, this first tape starts with somebody holding the camera running through the rain and we frantically hear, yeah just like panting and we hear like somebody's voice that somebody who is like off camera is not holding the camera and then we get a cut to inside a car driving through the way here's our windshield footage mm. and yes. it's and it's it's introduction footage too we've got the silos from introduction oh for real that's that's i think that's why that's there is because that's where we are is is back nice. in college town i like that um then we cut back, and I, I really like this. Just like, what, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, who is running? Who, who are who we is running, running from? In, in the rain? What, what, what's the danger? Where's the danger coming from? And then Tim, Seth, and Jay all take shelter in like the awning of an apartment building mm-hmm. <laughs> after just filming something, and it's just them running to get out of the rain. Yeah, I it's love it. So good. It's such a good like fake out. I love it so much. Uh, Tim is holding the camera. Seth is there, which is incredible that Seth... Sh- like, if we've got Tim, we might as well have Seth yes. in the series. Um, spoiler alert, we don't really see Tim. Uh, 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 Seth for, like, the rest of the series. I mean, He's not really there no. anymore. <laughs> this is, like, the only time we see Seth, but it's nice to have him while mm-hmm. we've got him. Uh, and then he literally runs off screen... To yeah. never re-enter the city. <laughs> he exits and is never seen again. Yeah. Uh, Seth, I guess, is going home because he doesn't want to wait on Alex, who has the tapes from the stuff that they just filmed. I guess. Jay is going home because I guess his job is done, and Tim is meeting up with Alex and Brian at his yes. house. So well, so the implication is that this is Tim's apartment yeah. that we're at, like yeah. where we're we're yeah. like hiding. And, from the and rain. he's waiting for Alex here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so then we cut- took apparently took a car while everybody else was out. Running in the well, rain? Well, we had windshield footage, so clearly we drove somewhere. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's odd. Um, the sequence of events there is kind of hard to figure out. But, but then <laughs> we get... The best scene of Marble uh, Hornets. I didn't even take much notes for this, but it's... I, I just wrote Dudes Rock. <laughs> because it's it's... Alex holding a video camera while Tim, like, jams on a ukulele. Just plucks. And, uh, like, Alex has, like, a toy MIDI keyboard in front of him. And 
like, like tossing the camera back and forth, filming each other while they kind of noodle around on these instruments. And Brian walks in. <laughs> he's drying his hair. He's got just guys being dudes it really is just guys being dudes like alex is like talking and narrating just to be talking like it's just Mm -hmm. oh i love it so much they're talking they're discussing uh the the now that they have enough footage they need to get music together to make a soundtrack for Mm -hmm. the trailer that they're gonna cut (laughs) oh i also love something a little tiny detail in this is that uh Alex asks why he's holding the camera. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Tim says, because you're the movie guy. Which is great, because he just told Jay earlier in this entry, in the present day, that he's, he's not, not the really movie the movie guy. guy. Yeah, it's great. Um, so that's Alex. Alex is the movie guy. Alex is the movie guy. Tim is not the movie guy. Exactly. Um, I had something else here. Hold on. We have Tim doing some excellent close-ups on Alex and Brian's faces while they talk. Um... Yeah, Alex is, like, chomping on gum. Uh-huh. Like, what Tim is feeling. <laughs> He's got, like, a camo baseball cap on. It's bizarre. It's wonderful. Um, this trailer, by the way, exists. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it does. <laughs> and it does have that nice little acoustic tra- soundtrack. Oh, yeah, Alex, Alex is, so is talking about. about we need to go with a more acoustic vibe for the trailer. It's... Um, But yes, the trailer that they're talking about cutting together actually exists. The creators of Marble Hornets have cut together this trailer, and I believe it's on YouTube. Oh, absolutely, yes. I think it's it's on on the the, the the Fact Channel. channel. Mm -hmm. Fact TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, So go watch that if you want to see what the (laughs) result of this is. It's it's wonderful. Um, I love this entry because it kind of gives us a glimpse at what Alex was like before all this. Where he's like, like, generally like affable and amiable and like and like riffing with the boys but he's, he's got, still like kind of like doing the director thing he's it's got like, this what i want the film student vibe it's just um, so perfect i will say that uh the the marble hornets trailer that we get sort of breaks my immersion with the series because <laughs> just because <laughs> i can't imagine tim the character in the series marble hornets acting like Tim, the character in the movie Marble Hornets, mm. as seen in the trailer for Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets. You can't, you can't. I can't see, see him, him say the line. Uh, I, whenever I'm around other people, it feels like I, I'm wearing a mask. I'm specifically talking about the throwing him, the thing. Yeah, him scribbling on a pad of paper, throwing it down, raising his arms to the sky, and screaming, which is something. That I cannot imagine this extremely low-key Tim in the series Marble Hornets ever doing, even on camera. Because when you have people who aren't actors, like, doing acting stuff for a student project, they're not good at it. Mm -hmm. And they can't, like, really do things that they're not used to. (laughs) Uh, Tim, like, like, overacts in... uh, in Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets, and he does not act that way at all in the series Marble Hornets. Anyways, just, Don't just worry go check it. out that trailer. It's Maybe great. Tim is just a natural, natural-born actor. Maybe he's just <laughs> good at this. You don't know. The uh, power goes out. The power out. cuts out. In they say mid- that in the trailer there will be significantly more. Yeah, value. like it's mid-sentence. Like Tim yeah. is like, is it gonna be like? And then the power goes out, and Tim is it gonna be dark? Be like dark. It's so be significantly good. more lighting. 
Tim goes to try to find the breaker box, which he has never done in his house <laughs> before. Relatable. Uh, we can. This <laughs> so much of this entry is just like pure blackness. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. You Tim bumping see into things while humming. It's not even like bad grainy footage. It's basically just pure blackness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he walks in a room at some point, and the light comes back on, and he pans. Like, he turns around in this room mm-hmm. and, like, pans across the room because he's holding the camera, and then the light's cut off again. Mm-hmm. During that pan, mm-hmm. the operator is in the room. Mm-hmm. And once he comes out of frame, the light's shut back off. Mm-hmm. We hear the operator come in. Like, we hear that, that, that noise speech. that we've come to associate with it. Um and then, you know, the, the, the camera, you know, pans across the room and it just moves from the right side of the frame to the left side of the frame. Tim does not notice this, mm-hmm. which is so worrying. Mm-hmm. I, like, <laughs> out of all the things in this entry, because there, there's some, like, kind of weird, horrific implications about this entry. Um, this is the one that gets me, is that... The operator is there, and the camera picked it up. Tim does not see it. Yeah, it's that whole thing going back to just because the camera's pointing at something doesn't necessarily mean that the... the, What did I say? The camera? Just because the camera's pointing at something doesn't mean that that's where the character is looking. Okay, so there's that, and I did think about that at first, but Uh I watched this part twice because I was taking notes, Uh and I wanted to, like, make sure that I saw the operator pass through and just, like, note the effect and, you know, what it looked like. I think... Tim is looking at it. I think he looks across this entire room as he turns around because it's standing there in the middle of Mm -hmm. the room and it passes, unless he is looking straight down and not looking at the camera screen and not looking in front of him, there's no way that he misses this. I have like a thought about this. I have like a kind of an opinion slash theory about this, but I can't talk about it yet. Ah. I, I, I think Tim is looking at where the operator is, and it just does not register in his brain. Yeah. Um, and then the lights the go lights out. The lights cut out again. This is, like, the most fucking terrifying thing to me, because I've always, like, deep, dark fears, right? Uh-huh. Anytime that there's been... Anytime that, like, there's a power outage or something, I always think of this time that there was a power outage in the middle of the night in my home when I was, like the only one awake and I was like going to this going to find a flashlight and all of that and just had like my brain was like oh hey there wouldn't you like to have the thought of what if there was just someone or something standing directly in front of you and you Mm. put your hand out and it's there and you can't see it Mm. and ever since then this has been something that has been in my brain and so this entry specifically like the fact that the lights go back out after we see the <laughs> yeah, operator. that's that's the oh, I the don't kicker. like it. I don't like it at all. It's a nice cherry on top of this little sequence. It's awful. Tim, completely unfazed and is still like generally affable. It's still in good spirits. Looking goes and finds a box. flashlight and uh, uh, walks back into the room with with Alex and Brian. Good so, news, guys. We have flashlight. Better news. Guess what's battery powered? And then <laughs> Alex starts playing some 
Absolutely sick beats wonderful. On his little keyboard. Uh, Tim sits back down. Brian has the flashlight and mm-hmm. is pointing it at Alex, and they're just chatting. I can't even remember what they were talking about at this point. They're just kind of the like sound Alex cuts is out messing for a little with bit. his with his keyboard, and, and Brian is yeah. dramatically lighting him. The sound cuts out for a bit, mm-hmm. and I thought this was notable. I'm not sure why, but it's been a while since like the thing that's wrong with this footage is that the sound has been removed. Mm-hmm. And a bit this of, feels like that. Yeah, there's also a bit of of, of like uh, tearing in the yeah. the screen as well. Yeah. Um. But we get this shot of Alex sort of sitting with his back against the wall next to the open door as Tim kind of zooms in on him just so we can see like the bottom of the door frame and then a leg steps out from the shadows and we cut to black like fucking just like inhumanly fast and inhumanly like, fast inhumanly straight this looks like this looks like shaped. a digital effect yeah like this doesn't feel like something they did in camera but the effect itself is is really good oh do you not know about this effect did they do it in camera? Sort of, yes. It feels like they didn't. Like, it feels very unnatural. It wouldn't surprise well, me to know that they did do it in camera, but it it, it feels odd. Well, they, that that's because yes and no. Because that uh, footage was actually just, like, Troy jumping into the room to say that they're done. And then he, like, realized oh, that I he did could, know this. Yeah, yeah, he realized he could, like, this. mess with it and make it look all spooky. So that's what that is. And I think that's great. That is great. I, for, I completely forgot about that, but yes. Uh, it looks great, but it, <laughs> it just cuts to black there. The tape ends there. Um, yeah, I don't want to know what happened to these three guys in this room. Yeah, there's the some... operator apparently runs at breakneck speed into the room. Like, it feels like... Like, we, we've, we see the operator, like, kind of move between frames we i mean we saw that in entry 26 like mm-hmm. noticed it for the first time we've seen it like and and the the i guess implication or the feeling is that like it's teleporting basically but there's something about seeing it move in this like it feels like we are seeing it mid like moving from one point to another you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it feels yeah, like I, I don't like even if if what it does is similar to like what we think of as teleportation, I really like want to resist using that. Oh no, word. no, no! I know, I know. Uh, like that's just the only, the only like thing that I can think of it, to describe. Like, it. Whatever the operator does, I don't think it should have a word like teleportation oh, yeah. aside to it because this is fucked up. Like I think of this, and I think of in entry fifty one when Brian has his head against the wall in the hospital, and we've got the operator in the background, mm-hmm. and then suddenly the operator is like right in front of the fucking camera. Like mm-hmm. it sort of moves forward like faster than you can follow it, Ooh, it moves in between the shutter speed of the camera yeah exactly is what it, is exactly what and it so does. that's and that's that's what it it feels like in this footage it almost feels like there's some kind of technical weirdness yeah. that's happening that is yeah. why we're able to see this at all and it's just i love it very much uh it feels violating it's upsetting it's very upsetting <laughs> Uh, it feels extremely unnatural. This is the, hey, this is the only time where the operator moves where I think it looks good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no. We only see, like, I, a leg here. Mm, I can think of another instance, but we will get to that much okay. later. Um, of course, there's also entry 26. Mm-hmm. Where it moves. 
Yes. That looks good. Um, I actually might be able to think of a couple of instances. Mm. Uh, I can think of one, but... Moving on. Decay! I love the silly arc. Yeah, this one is good. April 4th, 2012. We've seen that date before. <laughs> April 4th. Oh, boy. No choice. That's what the code... Okay, well, we'll get to that. So the description is binary for end him without uh, spaces in it. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about, like, what is in this, I just want to read the... The things that the the the, the words yeah. that flash up on screen. The words, we have yeah. you caused this. You will never be forgiven. He will lead me to you, lead me to death, lead me to the ark. And hey, for once, like to the ark is using like images in conjunction with words to convey meaning. Because we have a shot of Alex, you caused this, and you will never be forgiven. Then we get a shot of Jay, he will lead me to mm -hmm. you. Lead me to death, lead me to the Ark. So, hey, we can maybe suss out some motivations from To the yeah. Ark, finally. Which is kind of what I hypothesized in, in like an early episode of ours, is that it seems like To the Ark is using Jay to get to Alex mm -hmm. for question mark, question mark, question mark. And in case there was any question about who this is directed towards, it's uploaded on April 4th, 2012. Yeah. There is a spectrogram message at the end of this video that, sh that uh, spells out, today is your last birthday. Yep. Alex's birthday, of course, being April, April 4th. Um, while Lead Me to the Ark is on screen, we also have a brief little code that says no choice. Um, and yeah, the words in this one, the text in this one is very like, it has kind of a, a, a decisiveness, like a punctuation about it. The way that it is, the way that it just kind of, the words don't really appear over anything in this one. They are just... Oh, yeah. It cuts to words and then cuts straight to, yeah. like, footage directly relevant. Yeah. it's It feels almost like uh, like it's it's calling back to the way that Jay narrates through yeah, on-screen narration. absolutely. But the words are much bigger and very, like... It feels threatening. It, it feels, feels aggressive. Very aggressive. That's the word I want. Um, this, this might... I, I have a hard time keeping to the arc straight in my head. This might be my favorite one that we have seen so far for this yes. for this watch through. This is one of the few to the arcs that I can remember the name of right off the bat, um, specifically because I like it so much. The other one is Decline. We'll get to that one. Do we have much else to say about this one? Um, like we, we have we on. have like this. I, I just really like all the all the filters and effects that they put over footage that we've seen from yeah. Horrible Hornets. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, I actually Alex like standing up in the tunnel and I actually want to talk about that just because it's yeah. kind of interesting. Like you've already mentioned, we see Alex, we see um, Jay. He will lead me to you, and then we see Jay. Like we see the shot from entry fifty of Jay like pulling out his little pocket knife and messing with it before we see lead me to death. So, like, yeah, it goes together. Then we see footage that is woods footage, like, walking through Rosswood Park. And if I'm not mistaken, and I don't think I am, um, this is chest cam footage of Alex's from Entry 49 when Ooh. he's on his way to the tunnel where he Ooh. kills the guy. And, that, and it's after that that we get Lead Me to the Ark, 
and no choice. Mm. And I think that's very interesting. Then we get a creepy face that I always forget is there. It always... Yeah. like it, it, it's, it's funny because, like, I think this face is iconic. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a to the arc thing, this uh-huh. face right here. I forget that it shows up here. It... Looks like Brian? I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it it looks like Brian. It looks I, like I a actually fucked don't know up who Brian. This is. Jesus. I actually don't know who this it's got is, like but the, it looks like Brian. It's it it shows up so suddenly, like like it's almost a jump scare. Again, like yeah. I always forget that it's there and it always kind of like whew, catches me off guard. Yeah. It's got these it's got the, the glowing red eyes that move uh, a bit. Yeah, they move a bit. It's got like a weird smile. Yeah, and the glowing the glowing eyes thing is of course something that we have seen quite a bit of. Like we see right. the two white circles that there's usually an eye motif that yeah, goes yeah. with our two. Which uh, works with this because there's also the words always watching on the screen yeah. while Unclear who is always watching and what they are watching. Yes. Also while we've got the spectrogram message playing, there is a very, very close up of an eye on the screen with like little weird distortion around it Mm -hmm. and so lots of lots of eyes lots of watching lots of today is your last birthday so very threatening yeah sounds like to the arc doesn't isn't very happy with alex uh no might want to do a murder on him (laughs) i think we can move on from here to our last entry of the night i said i like that i said that we weren't i wasn't gonna have a lot to talk about with these entries Mm -hmm. foolish foolish i was entry 55 Posted April 9th, 2012. Um, Tim, like, turns on camera. This is more past footage. Yeah, this is more footage footage from from Marble Hornets. Like, turns on the camera and then waits a couple seconds and then asks Alex if he had had any success in finding an, an abandoned building that they could use for Brian's school in the footage. Uh, it appears that he turned this camera on just to just to ask this. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have any other notes about it. I do. It feels like you do. I yeah. do, and it's something that literally just occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and what I'm picturing in my head is that Tim started to say this to Alex without the camera on. It, like, started to ask yeah. him about locations for the movie, and Alex said, wait, Turn the camera on and then ask me again. Like he wanted to get the behind oh, the scenes. I don't know about that. I'm sure that, that that's funny. not the case, but it's that funny to think feels about. like something Alex would do. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Tim, uh, it, Tim, Alex says that. Uh, were you, wait, were you about to say? something? Sorry, my that? other my other yeah. note was just that either that feels like what might have happened, or Tim was like, "Oh, I'm supposed to be shooting behind the scenes things, so I should probably have the camera rolling while I <laughs> say this thing." And that feels pretty likely as well. Yeah. Uh, Alex says that they weren't able to find anything that where they could film. Uh, Tim says, there is an old burned out hospital back where I used to live. We maybe know a burned we've, out hospital. We've heard of before. something like that. Um, it might pass as a school. Yeah. Back where I used to live is a is a line that's doing a lot of work in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a lot. And and, be- yeah, in in the entry where we see Brian that led to this burned out hospital, mm-hmm. uh, Alex says that Seth is the one who found this place, didn't he? Well, Seth is the one who found the building specifically that they were in while they were okay. looking around, or something to okay. that effect. Like he says, he and Seth found it whatever right. but this is the first time where 
um, like we have a real connection to this place with Tim, yes. and it seems like he is the one that that came up with the idea. Yeah, like there's a lot of information. Tim knew about this place. We get a lot of information very quickly, and that also, is yeah. this place is where you where Tim used to live. It is far away, far away enough that they have to make a weekend out of going, yeah. split gas money. Um, yeah. Um, real quick, back to entry fifty four. That was done very early into the production of Marble mm-hmm. Hornets. Do you think this is the first time that they have encountered the operator? This. You mean Entry 54? Yeah. Um, I... Well, it depends on what you mean by they. Okay, we can talk about that later. But yes. it's, a, it's a very early occurrence. It's Yeah, it's definitely very, very early on. Especially uh-huh. because like we're talking about filming the trailer. Or putting together right, right. the trailer. But yeah. In in 55, they're significantly later in the production. Jay even points this out in in the narration at the beginning that this was done later on in the production of Marble Hornets. Alex has gone through a personality change, and it is so striking Mm. uh, between 54 and 55. Just his cadence and the way he talks, he's like really clipped and like kind of like acting like a dick. Oh. Just just a bit like. not even like two people. It, it's it's him, like, like the frustration in his voice really comes through when he's talking about how he couldn't find uh-huh. uh, an abandoned building where he was allowed to film. Like it, it's it's more of that like gruff demeanor, uh, just like very standoffish. Um, See, I but this is. Like a perfect middle point from uh-huh. the Alex that we see in season two and the Alex we see in entry fifty four. Yeah, this is like part way along this transition. It's the first time we've really seen him like this. See, you say that I've I ha- I don't really get that impression. I mean, he's definitely not nearly as you know happy go lucky as he was in fifty four. Right. But he, he to me it reads more as just like kind of this is Alex in director mode. To me. But this is also just kind of like how, like, his general interactions in season two were like, he really does not say anything that is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. He only responds to direct questions and he says things in very short sentences just to get across his, like, the information that absolutely needs to be said. It's just a very particular style of speaking. And it just, it just struck me as like, he is not like, like fully in like. You brought your dog mode. Yeah, you run your dog <laughs> mode, but also not in just, like, the very direct, very aggressive, constantly trying to get the upper hand mode that he is in season two. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like he's partway along that, that spectrum yes. there. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're trying to figure out when they can go check this place out. Uh, uh, Alex wants to go Friday. Tim has a doctor's appointment on Friday. And so they make plans to go saturday mm-hmm. um with brian brian says that he can go yes um so we're getting like some information here that even back then this would have been six years earlier mm-hmm. tim was still seeing a doctor even back then right because uh, he can't he can't go out on a friday because he has a doctor's appointment um and we, just from that, we don't know exactly what the deal is, but we get yeah, information gonna about that. Yeah, we're going to get a bit a later. Um, 
we have Alex shooting some stuff with Brian. Yeah, they're shooting stuff outside in, uh, like, an apartment complex. Um, Tim is, like, filming while Alex is directing. Um, he's, <laughs> Tim only has eyes for Brian. He, like, rolls up on <laughs> As we all do. Brian's face. Um, then, uh... Tim is like filming Alex looking down into the viewfinder of a while he camera. has the like the the thing open. Yeah, it's so good. It's it's very. And he's got his glasses off. Like he he yeah. puts his glasses <laughs> back on after he. Has. Um, oh. There's a mention of B-roll here where they're like setting up in like a like in, in between apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. Tim does the classic onset cell phone blunder. Where his it's the phone most goes obnoxious off. ringtone. <laughs> it is very obnoxious. Um, Tim takes the call while Brian and Alex are like getting set up, and Alex is like doing some, you know, directing. Alex is wearing two different colored socks. <laughs> That's not relevant. I just want it to be pointed out. Tim is like confirming his doctor's appointment um, and explaining to the person on the other end that, yeah, he's just been experiencing headaches, paranoia, and he's been having trouble sleeping, and that he hasn't had a good night's sleep in weeks. Which is a while, and also Which sounds familiar. Oh, it does. Uh, Once he gets off the phone, uh, Alex says, uh, what what is the exact line? Try to to keep your phone on silent. Um, oh, also, on the phone, Tim has had these symptoms for a while. He mentions that yes. he has had a history of this, but doesn't want right. to talk about it over the phone. Right. Um, so I kind of get the feeling here that he's just going to see a regular doctor, honestly. That's the feeling that I get from this, but I could be wrong. Like, that's that's the way that it reads to me, is just that, like, there, he's he's sick, and so he's going to see a doctor, and he doesn't really... Yeah, the line is definitely blurred here between, uh-huh. like, physical and neurological like, Yeah, and it definitely doesn't You know, matter. just like how it is in the actual human body, and, you know, maybe there isn't as hard of a distinction between those things as we think there is. Mm. Um, but I, I don't really have feelings one way or the other about this. We just know that Tim has been seeking medical help for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although it seems like this is at least in this time period, this is like the I guess initial visit. It sounds like like this is the first time he's going. Yeah, to, like like he's maybe this. seeing like a new like a new doctor yeah. or like maybe he's experiencing these symptoms for the first time in a while. You know, actually, I just put something together. Um, Tim mentions where he used to live. Like it, it yeah. kind of comes across as maybe this is like he's. Going to be seeing a new doctor because like, he lives yeah, in a he different place in now. a new area. Yeah. Um, Alex says, "Try to keep your phone on silent," which I thought was very funny because while Tim was filming Alex filming Brian, there was just like a lawnmower going uh-huh. off, <laughs> just like just dominating yeah. the sound. <laughs> it was extremely loud. Um, I just I just want to point out, Alex has essentially no directorial eye. Oh, of course like, not. he he likes the position, the power, and the authority of being a director. He's not actually interested in directing, um, and has like no real sense for it. Oh yeah, I, I mean, like he he doesn't like understand like what a director on set like is actually needed for. He just likes telling people 
like yeah. what to do, and he likes sort of you know marionetting them around. He he demonstrates to he, Brian yeah. how he should lean against the right. wall. Right, he. he you know, he, he he's going through the motions. He wants to come across as a director to other people. He's not interested. It's it's not even that, like, he is a bad director or, like, an incompetent director. Uh, it's that he's not interested in the actual work of directing. He He's interested in, like, the posture, and he's, in, he's interested in the power that that position brings him. See, to me, it feels more more as a, like... He's more kind of just he he knows how it's supposed to look, <laughs> and so he he has to he do it he do it all himself if he could exactly but he needs exactly people. he he's he knows exactly yeah. what the final product is supposed to look. It's kind of like a right. it, it's kind of like an ends justifies the means kind of thing, which is kind of a funny thing a funny <laughs> funny little theme to have in there. But we'll talk about that later. But uh, I don't think there's much else to talk in this entry. It ends, and then we get some ending narration from Jay, saying that Tim's symptoms sound like what Alex was going through during the shoot of Marble Hornets. Now, the headaches, paranoia, trouble sleeping, like, that might line up with what Jay has seen Alex go through on all these tapes that he has. Yes. The difference between Jay, and uh, the difference between Tim and Alex is night and day. Oh, yeah. Like... They may be experiencing the same symptoms, but they are not acting similarly at all. Right. Uh, I just I, I just thought it was odd that, like, Jay... Jay does not point that out. Jay just makes the connection. Oh, it sounds like he was going through the same thing that Alex was going through. But on just by looking at them and, like, observing them, you wouldn't get that at all. Well, <laughs> see, what I... I... I think, to me, it, it feels more... I keep saying to me. To, let me tell you my yeah. opinions. Uh, I don't mean it sound like that. But my kind of feeling that I get with this is that he is not so much comparing it to Alex as he is comparing it to the thing that happens to you when this stuff is happening. He's talking about, he's talking about the, the things that are happening to him, the... The headaches and the paranoia and the trouble yeah, sleeping. I, He's I, talking about like the the whole enchilada of. Yeah. I, I'm talking more about like oh, no, Jay's choice of language here, mm-hmm. where he specifically says that what like Tim's symptoms sounds like what Alex was experiencing, right? That's the right. exact words that he right. uses. Um, and I just think it's interesting that he even draws that comparison in the first place. When on the surface level, there's no resemblance between them. Well, that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm saying yeah. is that like, I I think that at this point, f- from watching seven months of himself with Alex and also like just what he's experienced in his life, I think that Jay has probably made the connection of some things that like Alex was experiencing back then with like mm-hmm. the having to film himself and all of that. Yeah. Jay is experiencing. Right. Like I think that I think that he's kind of made the connection. And so him saying that these these symptoms sound similar to what Alex was experiencing is kind of a way to distance it from him, but he's kind of still acknowledging that like the thing that happens to you, the the weird thing was that started also happening going on with Tim. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I get that. I just, I just find his his use of language here fascinating. Oh yeah, yeah. Um like I I said in our 
last real episode that like um you know the different seasons of marble hornets are about different things and i think i said that season three of marble hornets is how different people interpret and deal with the yeah. the operator and i think this is our first real sense of that mm-hmm. in this season is that like Tim is a, is experiencing the same things that Alex is, at least the things that like happen to him bodily and psychologically. Um, but already we're seeing a difference here where like Tim is seeking help for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Tim is like keeping his friends close. like he's hanging like we we basically only see Tim hanging out with other people in these in these past entries where yeah. we constantly saw. I mean, and I. I mean, I guess Tim did have the camera, so like there, there's like an opportunity to see him by himself. But think of how much of season one was Alex by himself, right? Whereas as Tim is is surrounded by people at all times. And and going further with that, uh, Jay also mentions that it's possible that what he's describing could be the early stages of yeah. what leads to this uh, with with yeah. a clip from that's entry eighteen. <laughs> this is sort of the button on the entire entry that he his interpretation of of. The information on this tape is that uh, that what what Tim is experiencing eventually leads to him wearing a mask and running around and attacking people. Yeah, and so I think that's a really interesting like conclusion that he's drawn based mm-hmm. on the fact that he just said this is what Alex was experiencing. But Alex is not wearing a mask and tackling people. He's still Alex. <laughs> he's still... Uh, <laughs> a murderer no i know yeah, yeah like he's um, but he's still but he's, yeah yeah it's yeah i feel like i feel like there are there are some pieces to the puzzle here that we're getting and jay like cannot see the picture on the box and thinks that he knows what it looks like and but it doesn't it doesn't quite line up there are some things yeah. here that don't quite add up yeah i'm more um, meant just like the fact that that like talking about things affecting people differently and or not affecting people differently but people responding to things differently um the comparison between tim like eventually putting on the mask and tackling people and all of that Uh whereas we have alex with his who is mask off yeah like yeah yeah like like, he's he's (laughs) tim seems to be more of a kind of just like tackle people ask questions later Alex is more of like a manipulator, like get yeah. people to a place and shoot them with a gun. It doesn't seem like seeing Tim in a mask holding a gun is ridiculous. That would yeah. be that would be like that's not how that works. And so it's it's the, yeah. the difference. Tim uses his body where Alex creates distance. <laughs> his body. Like, is that's his a, weapon. That, 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 I think there, there's something to that there where yeah. Alex, you know. I mean, he he chokes out that guy and then beats him to death with a with a rock. Um, but when it comes to his gun was in the shop. When it comes to execute somebody who is actually close to him, he elects to use a gun. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tim, every time, has like tried to get up close. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There might be something there. And we also <laughs> don't really know exactly what Tim is trying to do. I mean, we don't really know what Alex yep. is trying to Tim do. Tim is still a little inscrutable at this yeah. point. There's a lot going on. Because Tim seems like a perfectly nice person. He's the everyman. Sometimes. Sort of. There are other times where he doesn't seem like that. Um, 
Wow, I wish we could just come out and say it, but like since that information has like not like fully been drawn yet, we'll get there. Like I <laughs> like I feel like you could put it together at this point, but I don't just want to like come out and say right. the thing. <laughs> um but yeah, there's interesting things going on with Tim. Uh, I like seeing the progression of, of Alex through these these entries where it seems like Tim has not really changed at all. Yeah. He still is basically acting like himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have any more about this entry or uh, this set of entries? Um, not that I can think of. I'm pretty sure that when they're filming some of this stuff, uh, some of this is in the trailer, the Marble Hornets trailer. I think that there's oh, a yeah. couple shots from yeah. this. <laughs> I think that's great. Um yeah, it comparing this with like the start of the other two seasons feels like a little unfair. I I really love these entries. These are oh, yeah. really good entries, but it's so hard to beat the hook of season two. Yeah. Where just like what the fuck happened? Like watching this Here it's like it, like Jay literally says great more tapes. It feels like we're like treading water and going over ground that we've gone through before yeah. but we're already getting a lot of interesting information yeah now that we're seeing like a different side of things it's kind of uh, again like the difference of watching it as it came out watching it now i'm wondering exactly how effective of a like beginning i guess like these these entries are kind of we we're kind of just getting like information dumped on us like I mean, we're also getting a ton of character work. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that is a yeah, bad thing at yeah. all. I'm just wondering, like, so I... These entries do a lot in a lot of different directions. Yeah. And I think are, are like, pretty much universally uh, successful. Oh, yeah, things. for sure. Like, these are very good. Um, I, I, yeah. yeah. I don't of, really re- remember exactly what I was going to say. It kind of lacks the, the, the flair of season two's opening, like, just in, in the hook, but also, like... I remember uh, season two starting off with, like, real cinematic flair. Uh-huh. Like, the chess cam strapped to Jay as he wakes up and gets out of bed. Right, the yeah. way he's framed in, in the, like, silhouetted See, by the window light. And it's just, season two, like, is, like, really wants you to let it know that it's doing the damn thing right from the start. Whereas season three kind of like wants to ease you into it yeah um season two the start of season two feels very like there is just a huge just fucking like there's a there's a a huge disconnect in between end of season one end of season two which is both chronological and on purpose i think like that's that's sort of what it feels like with the beginning of season two is that it's like all of this cinematic stuff is kind yeah. of like throwing you into something new. Whereas with entry 53, it just kind of starts up like it's any other entry, really. Yeah. Like we have driving footage, but it's, this is yeah, it. Yeah, it does just feel like the series is just continuing. I yeah. will tell you, it does kind of feel, and this is just like me thinking about it right now, is that season three starts and it says, I told you all of that stuff. I told you season one and season two so I could tell you this stuff. Mm. You needed to know all of that so we could get into <laughs> what this is about right here. Yeah. Um, just kind of, and 
I feel like a lot of that is just colored by my knowledge of the series and that I've seen the whole the yeah, whole thing I, I before. Don't think but also, I think that is here in these entries yeah. where it's just like I don't think it's necessarily here's, like here's marble hornets for real. <laughs> it's I don't, obviously I don't think that's like an intentional thing of of like I don't know it might be oh this this I don't like reading intention into things yeah that's true Th- this season is where the plot is <laughs> like everything that has happened up till now is very important and like necessary information and all of that but this is kind of where things happen mm-hmm. you know with with season 1 a lot of what we had was just kind of like figuring out through, what the status mm-hmm. quo is like what what is the world we're living in is what season 1 is yeah. for the best part going through footage for the most part, and the most part. trying to figure things out yeah. then season 2 is a bit of stuff in a hotel and then going through footage trying to figure things out. This one starts off very similarly. We're going through old footage and trying to figure mm-hmm. things out. But this season is going to take a turn. This is the season where things happen. Yeah. This is the season where we're not going back and reviewing old footage like to see Yeah, we're not figuring out what happened. We're, we're figuring seeing what out, is happening. Yeah. We're seeing what is happening. Yeah. It, right now, right now, we're still figuring out what happened. Uh-huh. But, but this will not last long. <laughs> yeah. This only lasts for, like, what, two, two more, more entries? Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're getting into the damn thing. I'm so happy. Um, I don't think I have any... No, me neither. I'm about. good. Okay. This was, I didn't mean to <laughs> ramble that much. No, that's good. I think that is a great way to end this recording. Uh, so that is going to do it for us tonight. Next time, we are going to going to be covering entries 56 through 58 and the to the arcs that go along with that Mm -hmm. so please join us next time for that we're so excited to do season three uh, as you can probably tell like all of these entries i keep thinking about like oh man i can't wait till we get to this one but like about every entry there's so many they're good as always, uh, feel free to send in questions and comments to yes. uh, greatmoretapes at gmail.com or at greatmoretapes on Twitter. I really enjoyed you know, the, the email that we got for this time. Yeah. I would love to hear more from our listeners. We'd love to hear anything, even if you just want to say, hey, I enjoyed this episode or hey, I didn't enjoy this episode. Feel yeah. free to let us know because getting any kind of interaction is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. So. Let us know what, what you would like to hear from uh, the bonus episodes that we have planned for yeah. for this season. I can think of a, some good places yeah. to stick them. Mm-hmm. And until next time. Tim? Why didn't you get, like, why did you hold on to these tapes? Why, why did, did you give Jay these tapes? Why did you give Jay the tapes? Good night. No, the Wow.